got to just tell you on the front end, you know, uh, this message feels like it weighs a thousand pounds. Uh, it's just something that as I've been, you know, preparing as, you know, as we would normally do as pastors, uh, there's just a particular heaviness. There was a lot of deep diving, a lot of uh, seeking God, and just a lot of deep stirring in my heart with this uh, as I'm going to share here. So just uh, on the front end, you know, not that there's ever a time to tune out, but uh, if there's a Sunday where we're not going to tune out, I would say let's let it be this one. Uh, just because I do think there's some things that are prophetic in regard to timing. Uh, I don't think we're going to necessarily get into anything that is earth-shatteringly new. So the question to be asking ourselves as we look at this here today isn't so much, do I know this? But the question to be asking ourselves is going to be, so am I walking this? You know, and, uh, and again, these are even some themes that you might hear. Okay, there's a recurrence. We kind of go back to some of these things. But, uh, you know, the, the word talks about being instant in season and out of season. Uh, I think this is a word that's in season for us now. Uh, and when I say us now, I'm speaking to us as a church family at the Church of Grace and Peace. But I'm also speaking to a, a much larger picture in what we look at, uh, what's going on in our state, in our nation, in the world with COVID. Uh, uh, with all that that's going on in our culture, uh, uh, the, the message is entitled "From Here to There." Uh, so we want to talk about when God brings us from here to there, uh, and we just want to unpack some of these things. So we have spent the last four Sundays and several Wednesdays uh, processing through uh, what's what's a, a grace and peace specific season of time, and that is uh, that at, at the end of March, uh, our our founding pastor, our beloved Pastor Walt, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, if there's anybody that's newer here or or brand new here. Um, this church, what we see here gathered in these services and throughout the week and, and all of this started in uh, the living room of pastors Walt and Maureen. Uh, and now this 30 some odd years later, uh, we stand on their shoulders in what God has for us to do moving forward. And, uh, you know, in addition to what we're kind of you know, grieving through and working through as a family, uh, certainly there are those that have had such long track record of, of doing life with Pastor Walt uh, and with Maureen, um, there is, uh, it, it, there's a much, much deeper of a personalized impact that's going on. But for any of us in the church family, it impacts all of us uh, uh, because, like I said, he's our, our founder. Um, but then there's also a much broader, bigger picture of what is going on, you know, COVID, the craziness in our nation. Um, if you've missed any of the messages that have been covered this last several weeks, I, I really want to encourage you. I think you can benefit. They, they have to deal with walking through grief and how to process difficult things. And uh, some of the, the different pastors have just shared gold. Um, so just, just a little plug and reminder, graceandpeace.org. You can go and you can either watch it video or you can podcast it. But today's message, I I'd say is kind of going to wrap up this series and this theme of what we've been looking at. Certainly, uh, let me make it clear, it, it's not that it wraps up grieving. It doesn't wrap up the, the hole that many of us feel, uh, but it, it is a, a shift in season for us to be moving. Um, uh, in other words, this last series of weeks we've been looking at, what do we do now? And this morning is turning our attention, and so what would God have us look at as we prepare to move forward? Can you say amen? amen. So uh, today's message is called From Here to There, and uh, I feel very strongly that God has given us some key things to focus on. 
to focus on in these days ahead. And when I say these days ahead, uh, I mean the near future in particular. I don't necessarily mean tomorrow and the flip of a switch, but I'm talking about these near upcoming days. So, you know, when, when we look at transition, when we look at shift that happens, uh, that where people move from one season to the next, you know, sometimes those shifts are, are, are very slow moving. You know, uh, this, this last March, my youngest daughter, Isabella, turned 18 years old. You know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, we've all had those moments where you look and you say, when did this happen? You know, like it just crept up on you and bam, all of a sudden it's there. But then there's other seasons and things where, 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 where things happen and man, it's just like, it seems like everything changes in a moment. And so certainly didn't we walk through that in this last year in this COVID season, right? Everything changed in a moment. And yet we knew in all of the change and the turmoil, we knew there was a, a temporariness to all of this. We know there, there is a coming out of COVID uh, that is happening. Anybody else say, thank you, Jesus. You know that that's going to be, you know, coming down the road. And I will say just for me personally, I believe we will see in about the next 90 days here in New Jersey where we have been one of the, the more restricted states in our, in our nation, I think we are going to start to see things uh, start to open up and move at a pace that maybe we haven't seen up to this point. So I'm talking about from here to there, there's multiple levels of here to there that's going to be going on all around us. And God wants us to be ready for that. God wants us to be healthy for that. God wants us to be just in alignment with him. So there's, there's a big picture, and then there's a micro picture for us here at the church. And in all of these moments, we can say, we have not passed this way before. And all of that can feel kind of daunting. It can, it can be maybe even a little bit intimidating. Um, but the good news is that God has us in his hands. And that he has plenty that he wants to do in us. And he's got plenty that he wants to do through us. And uh, at the risk of saying this one more time, we are here for such a time as this. God has us here. He knows it all. He knew the end from the beginning. And he, he has us in his hands. And so to align with his will in this season, there's, you know, it's important to be sober. But there's certain seasons where it's more than important. It's like pretty critical. So we have to be very careful. We have to be mindful and we have to be intentional in the days to come. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. I think this is like a rhema word for right now. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. All right, so I was much longer in my introduction in the first service, and I had 10 minutes to go through nine points. I have 18 minutes to go through. I just doubled my time. Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, I want to talk about some here to there moments in scripture and then, and then lay out just for us uh, nine truths that we can grab a hold of. So let, let's just, first of all, look at Abraham, right? So if, if we know the story of Abraham, uh, God promises him that, that he's going to bless all the nations of the earth through him. He's going to be the father of many nations. Uh, we look at his calling here, though, and he has a here to there moment. Genesis 12, I'm going to look at 1 and ver verses 4 to 7. Then the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. In verse 4, we pick up, so Abraham went. 
as the Lord had told him. And Lot with him, Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran, and he took his wife Sari, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree at Moreh at Shechem. And uh, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So interesting, right? God's got a call. God's got a plan for Abram. And we see part of his life and his journey, it's, it's walking, walking, walking. But then there's this here to there moment where, where God says to Abram, pick up and move. And we notice his response was, I'll trust you. I'll take you at your word, God. I'll believe you. I'll pick up and move. You need to understand the context. It's not like, um, you know, God would maybe speak to one of us, I want you to move to this town or to this state. It'd be the equivalent of God saying, okay, so pack up the U-Haul, get everything in your house packed up and hop on Route 80. Okay, great, Lord. Where are we going? Oh, I'll tell you when to stop. That's the kind of context, that's the kind of courage that, that Abram had and his wife as they packed everything up as, and as they went across. It was a here to there moment, and man, it required trust in his God. Uh, the disciples in following Jesus, Matthew 8, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, 18 to 20. And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And Jesus says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And it says, at once they left their nets and they followed him. How many other people beside me in the room, beside these disciples here, when you met Jesus and he called you, man, it changed everything, right? You went from here to there. Just life went to a whole new place. In Mark 2, 14, this is the calling of Matthew. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, uh, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and he got up and he followed him. So not only is there's this just kind of dropping everything, shifting, massive change in life from here to there, but then after Jesus rose from the dead, now the disciples are all kind of gathered around saying, man, I don't know much what to do from here. And Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone and go make disciples of all nations. That was another radical. You are here. You've been, you know, we went through all this. Man, they went through the trauma of the crucifixion and now they're rejoicing. He rose from the dead and they spent, you know, you know a couple of weeks with him. And he says, and now you're going to go out into all the world. You're just going to go and go until either I come back or until you meet me face to face in heaven. How about uh, Joshua? and the Israelites as they enter the promised land. Uh, we know that Moses leads the Israelites out uh, of bondage in Egypt and they don't enter the promised land. They, instead of continuing to trust God, they get in fear. They, they see all of the obstacles in the promised land and uh, they get, they get uh, sour. They lose the right attitude. They, they, um, they, they're complaining all along the way about, um, man, we had it better when we were in bondage. Let's just go back to Egypt and all this stuff. And, and as a result, they wind up missing out. That whole generation missed out on the move of God that God had. God wanted to bring them from here to there, but they never got there. 
You know, instead they wandered for 40 years and now under Joshua, that whole generation, God told them, hey, I'm not changing my mind on this. I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna preserve you. I'll give you manna from heaven, bread from heaven, and I'll, I'll sustain you, but you're not going in. The next generation will go in. And so now we read about that in Joshua chapter three. Here's some of the preparation for their here to there. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So sanctify in one translation, consecrate in another translation. So they do that. They, they, they dedicate themselves afresh and anew to the Lord. Joshua chapter four, they cross the Jordan and God splits the Jordan River and they walk through like they did the Red Sea. And they put the stones to remember who God is and what God has done for them as they move into their future. And then in Joshua chapter 5, they, they camp out at this place called Gilgal. And let, let's look a little bit what happens there. This is more preparation from here to there. It says in Joshua 5 verse 2, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. Now, circumcision was a sign of the covenant and meant they belonged to God. That was something that separated them out from everybody else. And it's very interesting that literally we know circumcision is to cut away the flesh. Right, So it's a physical picture of, you know, we're told spiritually to put the flesh, the sin nature, the carnal nature under. It's a cutting away of the flesh, a consecration of themselves to God. And that whole generation that lived in a place of saying, man, we don't know if we want God. We don't know if we want God's best. Uh, Gilgal means to roll away. And, and let's take a look now at verse 8 in the same chapter. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and and roasted grain. Remember I had said before that they had been having manna, manna, right? Uh, the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. So interesting, when it was time for them to go from here to there, the nature of God's provision, the, 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 the instructions from the Lord to go into this new place was, so you be consecrated, you cut away the flesh, Right, and you have your eyes on me and do what I call you to do. And, and in their case, it was rolling away the, the reproach, but we, we have a case for saying it's rolling away all that was yesterday so that you can move on into today. Can you say amen? We, 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 we don't want what we went through in this last year in, the, in, the, in this big picture here, we don't want to be, that to be normal. I'm believing God that it's gonna, there's gonna be a rolling away and I'll talk more about that at the end. Um, uh, how about just real quickly, uh, Jacob when he returns home from Laban's house. So uh, Genesis 32, picking up at verse 22. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them, across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. 
See, the, 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 you know, Jacob meant supplanter. That name was getting taken away because he was going from here to there. There are plans, there are purposes, there are things that God has for each of us. And there's things that he has for us corporately that in that place from here to there, they become real. And, and for, for these couple of instances, um, sometimes God would even change a person's name so they didn't forget where God was wanting them to go. Amen? And so uh, he said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then he blessed him there. Uh, In other words, you know who you're wrestling with here. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him, and he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. And therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. So, wow, so a couple of instances in Scripture where there's a major transition that has gone on in the lives of, of these different individuals. So now, these nine points here, moving from here to there. I'm going to move through pretty... Uh, pretty rapidly on these, but I would encourage you, again, not so much do I know this, but be asking ourselves, so, so am, I, am I walking this out? All right, so, so moving from God's here to there, number one, trust and faith are vital. They're absolutely vital. Going back to Abraham, Hebrews 11, 8 and 9, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. You know, oftentimes with faith, there's an initial unknown, right? That's just the way faith works. And that means that always there needs to be an initial step of raw courage and trust. It's the moment where we abandon me, and decide to rest in him. We just have to make the decision. We look into a lot of unknown. Again, micro, macro, and all of it. We've not passed this way before, but we trust and we have faith in who he is, and God is gonna bring us through just how we need to be brought through because we're here for such a time as this. Can you say amen? Amen. Number two, going from God's here to there, we need to practice watching, waiting, and reflecting. Uh, in, in my uh, small group, my wife and I in our small group, we've been uh, looking at the practical prayer life, and we, we looked one of the weeks at this topic of waiting. In Colossians chapter, two, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful being thankful. And so what does it mean to to be watchful? It means to be alert. And uh, this is a great definition of alertness. Uh, The ability to anticipate right responses to that which is taking place all around me. Oh God, do we need to know, do we need to be alert and watchful so that we can have right response, God have mercy, that we would have right response to all that's going on around us, to concentrate on what's happening, this is alertness, in any situation so as to react accordingly. But then there's not only being watchful, but there's also uh, the need to wait. Church, I believe with all of my heart that God would rather us move a little slower as we're following him 
and he's still out in front of us and we can see him. Rather than to move quick and rash and now he's behind us and we can't see him. Can you say amen? Amen. So Psalm 27 verse 14, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. There is courage in waiting. There's bravery in saying, no, I'm going to wait for him. Are we sure this is him? Well, I'm not sure, so I'll wait until I am. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24, you know, this gets into the, and then reflecting. You know, because in, in, in any shift of season, don't we see in what we saw in Scripture where there was always a dealing with the individual to be one-on-one right with God. In, in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, so search me, God, and know my heart, and test me, and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there's anything, any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So it's critical to reflect, to evaluate, to assess as we watch, as we wait. What is God saying? You you know, there there is so much these days that is trending. Let's not get sucked into the vortex of what's trending. Let's make sure we hear God's voice. What did God say? And, and, And what we're thinking God said doesn't match his word. And have I waited on him to the point where, where it's quickened to my heart as opposed to doing anything, you know, uh, any of the other things that we could do. So we want to evaluate and assess and wait and watch and let God speak and reveal and lead and guide, which he'll be so faithful to do. And then three, we want to engage in repentance and fresh consecration to God. We read that in some of these accounts that we looked at. And one of the most precious psalms on, on what the heart of repentance, living a repentant life, right? Psalm 51, verses 1 to 4 and then 10 to 13. Have mercy on me, O God. See, I see a whole lot in the world that's, that's not starting with. Have mercy on me. Oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And you are, uh, so you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. And then verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. See, I don't know about you, church, but when I start in this place, I got a lot less to say when it comes to everybody else, right? Start here. And then then by God's grace, hopefully then what I have to say has some weight to it, Has, has the touch of God, has the anointing of God on it. Can you say amen? Restore to me, you know, uh, create in me a pure heart, O God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. O God, let it be that we live in a way that the world sees through our lives and our words that, that transgressors would turn away from their sin and sinners would turn to God. At Gilgal, their act of consecration was a shift of focus. The earlier generation, their focus was, well, here's what might happen to me, so I don't know that I want to go into that promised land. But they went from how would this affect them to trusting in what God could do in their lives. 
and they gave themselves wholly over to God. Uh, and, and then they moved on and they took in the promised land. Number four, never forget that your attitude will determine your altitude, right? So, so when we watch and we wait and we reflect, one of the things that I constantly go back to in my own life is, all right, attitude check. How's my attitude? Because if I get bristly, if I get sour, if I get offended, if I get wounded, if I get carnal, then, then my attitude starts to affect uh, how I navigate. Attitude reflects altitude. So either I've got a, a faith attitude, a love attitude, a trust God attitude, an obedience attitude where I soar and I see things from God's perspective, or I allow all those other things that I just mentioned, my attitude goes lower and lower and lower. And eventually it can be crash and burn. Uh, Philippians 2.5 says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So I believe one of the greatest guards of our heart is our attitude. And when we adjust our attitude and make it move in line with how God says to live, it's going to keep our heart protected and we'll be able to keep soaring with the Lord. Can you say Amen. Number five, know that the journey is training you. So let me ask, I really believe certainly through the remainder of 2021, life's going to look different. And, and these things that these, these temporary afflictions that we've had to deal with will be behind us. There's things that God wanted us to learn during this journey. And there's things the enemy wanted us to embrace during this journey? Have we learned what God wanted us to learn? You know, when the Israelites left the promised land, you know, it was not flowery beds of ease. I mean, first off, they went through a desert. Before they did that, they were up against a sea. They were up against something impossible. And so God split the sea open so they could walk through it. And then it crushed the, the army of the, the most powerful empire on the earth that was trying to, uh, you know, uh, wipe them off the planet. But then time after time, now there's no water. What are you going to do? You're going to trust God? Uh, attitude is altitude. You're going to trust God or not? No, we're going to murmur. We're going to grumble. We're going to complain. We're going to long for the bondage we used to live in. Wow. You know, then the next test, and they missed it, and the next test, and they missed it, and the next test, until finally on the borders of the promised land, they, they decide, you know, we'd be better off going back home. And God said, enough. You're not, you're not getting my will this time around. You're going to have to wander the desert for a while, uh, and, and then we'll try this again. So know that the journey is training you. The tests along the way are either opportunities for promotion or rites of passage to go on into the next thing that God has in our journey with him, or it's a place to be derailed and go back around the mountain again. I don't want to keep going around the mountain, Amen. I, I want to be promoted. I want, to, I want the rite of passage. So remember, the journey is all about growing us to look like Christ. And you know, for me, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing. The journey is about being before doing. God works on the being so that we could do the doing for him. And, not, and, and it only happens in process. Number six, remember, 
that you don't war in the flesh. As we war, as we work through times of transition, as we work through from here to there and the battles come, we don't war in the flesh. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If we war in the flesh, church, we will get off course. We have to make the decision. It's easy to get pulled into the flesh. Proverbs 26.4 says, Don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will, just, will be just like him. Don't answer a fool according to his folly, otherwise you'll be just like him. God's called us to soar above that stuff and to war in the spirit. Number seven, be careful to manage your expectations when going from here to there. I tell you, this is, uh, this is marriage advice that, that we give in pre-marriage counseling. One of the most important things we can do is, first of all, identify our own expectations and make sure that we have realistic expectations. Because we've been raised in a culture that, that says that out there somewhere, there is Prince Charming and there is, you know, Sleeping Beauty, whatever, Disney, Hollywood, made up, not real person that doesn't exist. And what does that do? You know, decades of the movies and, and the, all the stuff that's out there, we get this unrealistic picture, you know? So, so as we look into this unknown, as human beings, the first thing we want to do is start creating pictures of what it's going to look like and how it's going to be. We want to be very, very careful. Here's one expectation that we can grab. Lord, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know you're the God that does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And so, Lord, I'm going to let you do in the journey what you want to do along the way. And I'll watch my attitude and I'll, I'll walk all of these things out. But my expectations are simply going to be to watch for what you want to do. I'll watch. I'll wait. I'll reflect. I'll go with you in the process. And you'll unfold just what it's going to be like. Because you want to know what? Oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, here's a lot to where, where this is leading into. You know, this pandemic, this season has been awful. But you know what? Through history, whether war or plague, so many times those things were followed up with sweeping revival, whether it's in nations or all around the world. And if we got this preconceived picture of what things are going to look like, and God is trying to say, hey, my character and my nature doesn't change, but it's a different planet now, so pay attention, walk with me, so I can move you into what I want to do. If, we, if our expectations are all jacked up, then, then we're not going to be able to be used by God uh, in, you know, in those settings. So we want to manage our expectations. Here's the other thing. What, what happens to us when our expectations get crushed? Proverbs 13, uh, 12 Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Okay, last two, and then we're going to pray. Hunger, intensity, and singleness of mind matter during these times. You know, so, so to stay hungry for God, you know, uh, I, I struggle with what I eat physically, you know, I am so grateful. My wife and my two daughters, I tell you what, they, they fill the house with healthy foods and they cook some of the healthiest dishes in the world. And if I'm not careful when life starts getting busy and I start, you know, well, I'll stop at Wawa or I'll stop here and I'll stop there. Sugar, carbs, smother it with cheese. You know, mac and cheese, all these different things. And if I, if I get too busy for too long of a run, 
the good food doesn't taste as good anymore. And I'll be home and I'll say, that's an apple. That's, that's an orange. That's a salad. I don't want that. I want mac and cheese. But, you know, when I finally grab myself by the ear and say no, and usually I got to kind of regiment myself to kick that other out and get back on track, it's not too long until the good stuff starts tasting good again. So here's the thing, in seasons like this where God is saying, I'm moving you from here to there. You know, we didn't ask for any, any of this in circumstances, but we're here. And he's saying, and I'm moving you from here to there. Now get the junk out so that your taste buds so that your spiritual cravings are for the things of God. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, and then you'll be filled. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all the other things will be added to you. We're, we're, we're encouraged to seek God's voice and his wisdom in Proverbs like, like one would seek for treasure. So hunger, intensity, singleness of mind. If, we, if we're double-minded, you know, I really should want the salad, but I want the donut, you know. Double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, right? So we just say, no, no, with all my heart, God, I'm consecrated to you, cutting away the flesh, trusting in you. My attitude is set on the things of God, and I'm hungry for you and for what you have. And then I would just say this as a last point. Your most dangerous to the enemy attribute next to your faith is perseverance. It's part of watching, part of waiting, Part of reflecting is just deciding, I'm going to persevere. I'll just get up one more time, then I get knocked down, and God's going to have his way. It's not about not getting knocked on your tail. It's not about tripping and falling. It's whether or not we get back up. And uh, Pastor James, he talked about that last week in looking at these, uh, you know, these, um, these temporary trials. Consider it pure joy, it says in James 1. Uh, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There's that journey again, right? Let perseverance finish its work. That's that journey again, so that you could be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Man, these are nine different uh, perspectives, truths, postures, however you want to put it, that if we, if we are focused and mindful on these things, if we're intentional in these areas, the enemy won't derail and we will move on to what God has for us. I'm talking to you personally, talking to you in your own spheres of influence. I am talking to us together as the church of grace and peace. We have not walked this way before. And I'm talking about as believers and individuals in light of our state and our culture, and this world that we're living in these days. You know, God is moving from here to there, and, and he's enough for whatever we need in this season. Could we be on the cusp of God bringing sweeping revival all around the world? Across all different streams of churches and all of that, you could see how the enemy would be working so hard. So many of us are out of sorts, are hurt, are wounded, are fatigued, are broken, grieving, all these things going on. You know, God wants to bring healing in all of those areas. I believe if we will, we will map through some of these things, God will do that good work in us. God will do that. You know, some might even say, man, I don't even want to be. I'm just like so out of sorts. What do we do? We consecrate, we surrender. It's bigger than us, right? Isn't all of this bigger than us? 
I was thinking about it driving in today. I said, Lord, this is so big. And then I remember something a mentor said one time. He said, hey, if you're underwater, it doesn't matter if it's two inches or two miles of water, you know, just swim to the surface. You, you know, you're underwater. So just go for it. Don't worry about the water. Don't worry about how big it is. Just turn it all over to God and let God work through us, right? So I'm going to ask us to do something. To, to my recollection, I don't think we have done this before, you know, since COVID had started. But I want to tell you, for me personally, uh, I tell you, this has weighed a thousand pounds and I have felt this so, so personally, so deeply myself. And my response to the Lord was, Lord, I am consecrating myself to your purposes. I will not get caught up in the stuff that's happening all around us. I'm all yours. And church, for the first time since before COVID started, I want to invite you, if you're in a place today where you would say with me, personally, for the church of grace and peace, and, and for whatever way you have me as it relates to what's going on in our world, Lord, I am consecrating myself to your future. You want me to go from here to there? Lord, this is a fresh surrender. If, you're, if, if, if you'd say, that's me today, and, and I don't want you to feel a compulsion if you need to stay in your chair and, and, and work some of this through, that's great. But if you're saying, yeah, I'm ready, then I would invite you, let's, let's keep our social distance and all that that we have to do during this time here. But I want to invite you, would you come to this altar? And can we gather at this altar like we've not done before this has happened? Like I said, try to spread out. Try to get as near as you can. But can we just say, Lord, this is it. This is it, afresh and anew. Lord, we are consecrating ourselves to your good purposes for us. Lord, we are surrendered to you. Father, we recognize so much bigger than us. God, we recognize all of this is beyond any person, but it's not beyond you. And you've seen it all, the end from the beginning. And you rule and you reign. And you've got good purpose for each of us. And Father, you have good purpose for this church. And so Lord, we find ourselves here. And you're saying, and yeah, I'm, I'm moving you to there. So God, we surrender it all to you. We lay it all down before you. God, we pray that you would forgive. Lord, we pray, start in us. Meet us one-on-one. -on -one. God, meet us face-to-face. -face. Lord, where we gotta wrestle through like Jacob, let us wrestle through like Jacob. Lord, let it be that, that we experience your touch. Lord, he, he walked with a limp after that. It changed the way he walked. Lord, we're praying in this season. Take all the stuff away. Change the way we're walking. And so, God, we just thank you for it. We're in agreement here today, recognizing that the future days are in your hands. We put our expectation on who you are, not how it's all supposed to unfold. And we will persevere. And we will keep our attitude in a, a place that comes out of the fruit of the Spirit and the Word of God. We're yours. We're yours. We're surrendered. Afresh and anew. Watching on live stream around, around this room here today. Do all it is that you want to do. And so we thank you for it, Lord. We receive it. It's in Jesus' name.
mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Something powerful about this. Same thing in the first service, church. Something powerful. Breaking off. The enemy doesn't win. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Father, as we would leave this place this morning, we pray fresh ears to hear, eyes to see. Lord, help us put to heart all that you'd have us walk out of what we looked at here today. Deliver us from every strategy of the enemy. Every place where there's hurt, wounded, brokenness, heal. Heal, Lord. Heal. Heal. Heal, God. Heal. Lord, where there's a holding on to, Lord, let there be a grace to just surrender it, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.